A lot of international countries are doing mandatory quarantine. It's not like, okay, you stay at your hotel and we believe you. No, they don't believe you. They put an angle monitor on you. They put police there. They track your phone. They can track wow. where your phone is going around the city or country that you are. They are they're serious about that. And they will find you or put you back on another plane and say you can no longer come there to their country anymore. You're listening to the Travel Horror Stories podcast, a show that listens to real stories from travel bloggers and travelers just like you. Then we unpack those stories to discuss safety tricks, prevention treats, horror hacks, and follow-up tactics. The goal is to turn travel nightmares into dreams of beaches, sunshine, and margaritas. This podcast is brought to you by the Toronto Bloggers Collective, a Facebook community for bloggers and content creators who are either from Toronto or currently living in Toronto and the surrounding area. It's a space to support colleagues in the industry with information as well as engaging with each other's content with regular meetups and sponsored events. If you're from the Toronto area and create content, visit the link in the show notes and join the group. And now, live from the Rudderless Travel Studio in downtown Toronto, Canada, here's your host, Christopher Rudder. So the weather outside right now, uh, the sun is shining, but there's still a little bit of cloud. Uh, We're getting some cloud cover. The uh, past couple of days, it's been 30 degrees, uh, which is pretty hot and uh, pretty humid. No, can't complain. Uh, as you know, we're recording this episode during uh, COVID-19, so we're just really hoping that this really, really hot and humid weather just sort of kills the virus wherever it is hanging out. That's my hope. Uh, but with us today, uh, we have a very special guest. But before I introduce who she is, I'd like to remind you that you can listen to this podcast over at TravelHorrorStoriesPodcast.com. And if you're listening on your mobile device, don't forget to like and subscribe because it'll help more people find the show. Uh, But I'm so glad that you guys are here today. With us, we have Yvette McQueen. How are you doing, doctor? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Uh, Now, you and I, I believe we met at a TBEX. And um, back then, that was I think that was back in 2018 in the Finger Lakes. And uh, I remember telling you that I was going to do this podcast and I'm going to have you on as like uh, a reoccurring guest uh, as a doctor so we could analyze all the episodes and all the travel horror stories that I'm going to get. <laughs> and, then, and then I kind of took some time to get it going. And then so finally, here we are. And then... Luckily, I'm launching, you know, this podcast at a time when it's probably the ultimate travel horror story that anyone could imagine with COVID. Uh, So I think the timing is right. Uh, But you'll definitely be back for future episodes for sure, because, um, I mean, if you listen to some of the episodes I've already recorded, we're going to need a doctor in the house. I'm going to tell you right now. (laughs) Yes. And travelers like to do strange things. Oh, you, you have no idea. I mean, we're hearing everything from broken arms to uh, uh, all kinds of medical things. Uh, It's just hospital stays, um, you know, sicknesses. It it gets a little out of control, but, you know, it makes for great entertainment uh, and learning opportunities. Uh, So before we get started, tell me a little bit about yourself and your travel blog. Yeah, so uh, my name is Yvette McQueen, MD, a global physician on a mission to educate about health travel wellness, and disease prevention. So I've been an emergency physician for 20 years and a travel physician for 10 years. I like to keep travelers healthy and safe while they're traveling. And I do that from tips, uh, my books, and also I provide telemedicine for anybody that wants to reach me from internationally. Wow, that's fantastic. (laughs) <laughs> That's impressive. 
so um, how are you hang? Where, uh, where are you from? Uh, sorry, I mean I know you're you're from the states, but where are you based? <laughs> so I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio, a Midwest girl, bred and bred. I did medical school in Michigan. And I, then I spent 20 years in Florida, enjoying the sunshine. But now I'm based out of Atlanta, Georgia. Awesome. Atlanta. <laughs> Fantastic place. Uh, so how are things going with you? Before we get into the topic, I just wanted to just, because right now, um, as we record this, uh, America is like an epicenter almost now. Uh, especially Florida. And, um, you know, we over here in Canada, we're kind of cringing at what's happening over there south of the border. Uh, <laughs> so a couple of questions. Uh, what's going on? <laughs> and How are you maintaining? Are you staying safe and healthy? And uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't even know what to say about all that. Like, what's going on? That's okay. <laughs> so uh, just prefaces, it is the end of July. COVID has been going on for roughly... Four and a half months here in the United States. So like I said, I'm a travel physician. So I work as a substitute physician and I actually travel around the United States to different states, filling in different shifts. So when it first happened, I, it slowed down for me uh, because I work in a lot of smaller hospitals. But now it's picking up and uh, they're seeking me in the different states, particularly the zones that are increasing with the COVID right now. Uh, am I staying safe? Yes, because that's important for my livelihood. So I actually had to go in and purchase like my own PPE or protective, um, you know, equipment that I carry with me in my suitcase from different spot in case the hospital doesn't have enough. It is spreading. It's, it's, it's slowed down in the original Epic Center in New York, but some of the southern states where people want to socialize a little bit more <laughs> is increasing. And that's because it's transmitted from person to person and by air. Uh, we're, it's just trying to get people to follow the guidelines to decrease the spread. And that's where the and that therein is where the issue lies, because you have people that are like 100 percent. We need to do this. And then you have other people who are like, I'm not doing this. So therein lies the problem. Uh, wow, that's that's interesting. And what's it like for you? Just because I, I just find it fascinating, uh, especially your particular job, uh, um, going around from place to place. Uh, what's it like dealing with COVID for you uh, on a professional level as a doctor? Like, what are you seeing? Like, you know, behind the scenes there. Well, I'm seeing a little bit of everything. The unfortunate part of we call it a lonely disease because the hospitals had to stop family and friends from coming in and visiting the sick because then you just pass it on. So unfortunately, the people that do have the disease are by themselves without family or friends. So the hospital personnel sometimes actually have to be their advocate, hold the hand, rub their shoulder, do some FaceTime with their families. That's, uh, I think, the most distressing part about it is not having anybody with them. Oh, wow. Sounds, yeah, it's very tough. Um, and actually, that is the perfect segue into what we're going to talk about. But before we get into that, because, uh, I mean, a lot of that has to do with health and wellness, uh, a social aspect of it, at least. Um, do you want to play a quick game? Sure. <laughs> awesome. So we're going to play three stories, two truth, one lie. Um, you're going to give me three stories. Two of them are going to be true. One of them is going to be a lie. And I'm going to try to guess which one is a lie. And I mean, your stories probably are going to be something that I ain't never heard before. <laughs> no, not really. So let's see. One okay. story is that while traveling, I rode an elephant through a river and because of that uh, I got a rash on my buttocks. Uh, the second story would be is that uh, I got motion sickness while at the top of the Eiffel Tower at the summit of the Eiffel Tower. And the third story is that uh, I had a proposal uh, from a chief 
in Malawi, Africa, and is, they offered uh, 10 goats for me. <laughs> okay. Um, funny thing is that the offering of animals for women has actually come up twice in my recordings of this podcast. They weren't goats. The other two stories were camels. So for some reason, I'm just going to feel that that is a thing. And that's probably true. <laughs> um, riding the elephant. Now, for some reason, I want to say that that's true only because I've seen pictures of you with elephants. Not that I'm stalking you, but I definitely follow you on social media. <laughs> and I've seen you posting pictures with elephants. So I'm just going to go ahead and say that that's true. And so I'm just going to go with motion sickness on the Eiffel Tower. Actually, no. I did ride an elephant, but I didn't get a rash. I, that was the part of <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Well played. I think the guests are getting hip to this game. They're adding a little kernel of truth to stuff, to the lie, and it's completely throwing off my game. I used to be good at this. Now I'm just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Wow. Okay. So tell us a little bit more about the proposal and tell us a little bit more about the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> well, I, well, actually, one of my yearly trips is to France, to Paris. I won't be able to do it this year, though. And um, I make sure I go to the top of the Eiffel Tower because that's just a special meaning me from meaning to me from childhood. Uh, so uh, I, um, it, it does get you a little dizzy the first couple times you go way up there. But after that, I was okay, and I drank champagne, and the motion sickness went away. <laughs> Funny how that happens. <laughs> and then uh, I um, I can say I've been to at least 12 countries in Africa. And I've gone to Malawi at least six times because my church does a, a biannual mission there. And one time we were in the village taking care of the children. And uh, the chief was like, uh, you do very good work for a female doctor. I need to have you here with me. And I can give you these goats. And they, he offered to my pastor the goats for me to stay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. I love it. Fantastic. Um, and you know what? Uh, I think it's amazing what you're doing um, going around and especially working in, in civilizations like that. So, you know, thank you for your, your work and your service. You are a hero. Um, so it's fantastic. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing. It's My pleasure. Uh, all right. So... Uh, let's let's get into um, health and wellness. So I've been having a lot of guests on this show, specifically for the first season, because the first season is all about COVID-19 and travel. Because, as I said, COVID-19 became the ultimate travel horror story. So when I launched, I go, well, I might as well start with COVID before I get into all the other crazy stories. And uh, I've had a couple of guests. I've had uh, a, another doctor, and I've had uh, a psychotherapist to talk about anxiety. And uh, so with being surrounded by all these professionals, I thought I better start educating myself on some stuff before I bring another doctor on the show. So I took a look into health and wellness. And what I found, I mean, a quick little search, is that health is defined as an overall mental and physical state of a person, the absence of disease, it refers to physical, mental, and social well-being. And then wellness uh, refers to the state of being in optimal mental and physical health. And it aims to enhance well-being, which can affect physical, mental, and social well-being. So the difference is, from what I gather, is health is how you currently are feeling. Um, you know, all things considered, your health, you know, mental, physical, uh, you know, social, and then well-being is more or less like how you maintain that <laughs> and right. keep it in check. Yeah, wellness is right. about the quality of it. So health is, okay, is my body uh, dealing with disease, preventing disease, without disease, where wellness gives, uh, we and there's actually eight dimensions of wellness, and you mentioned some of them like social, environmental, physical, mental, uh, financial, occupational. Mm. So we put those all together. What's your quality of life and how they're intertwining and is, is a good quality as far as your wellness. So 
before we get into talking about travel, health and wellness, which is what we're going to do during a pandemic, uh, let's just talk about how COVID destroyed all of that real quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Just so we're all on the same page, if you hadn't heard already. So when we talk about health, uh, so when we're talking about physical, um, it's the obvious. People are getting sick. People are dying. That's the reality. So health, I mean... It's a global pandemic, so people are dying all over the place. So health is completely being deteriorated. Then um, it opened up a bunch of can of worms because uh, it, it, it wreaked havoc in nursing care systems and places where people are, like jails and, and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so it wreaked havoc there. Uh, as far as you know, mental state, it completely shut everything down from the perspective of not knowing when this is going to end. There's no vaccine. Uh, you know, re- people lost jobs. People's businesses uh, got closed. So from a mental state and financial state, it completely destroyed that, <laughs> right? And then from a social perspective, um, you know, we were all locked inside for four months. And the only way we could see people was through Zoom and by this point, I can tell you right now, I'm 100% zoomed out. I can't take that anymore. <laughs> and so now it's not working anymore. It did for a little while, which was great. But now we can't be around people. You can't be around your friends, your family, your loved ones. Luckily for us right now in Toronto, we're moving into stage three, which means that you know we can hang out on patios and they're starting to open up restaurants with social distancing in mind, which is great because our numbers are pretty decent. Thank goodness. Um, but you know, in the early stages, I mean, we were in lockdown, so no one can go out nowhere unless you had to go for groceries. So it wreaked havoc on social. And then from a wellness perspective, I mean, all the gyms are closed. There's no taking care of yourself that way. Um, you know, as far as churches and spiritual places, Mm -hmm. all that was closed. Mm -hmm. So there's not, none of that. Um, spas are closed and, and massage therapists and occupational therapists and physiotherapists, all that moved into an online model. So there's none of the physical, um, you know, so all the wellness got destroyed. So, I mean, how do we, how do we even come back from that now? You know, it's, it's just, it really destroyed a lot of things before we even get into travel. <laughs> like, you know, like COVID really wreaked havoc. Right. Well, I think it all starts with mindset and is where your mindset is when it comes to COVID. So one thing is just making yourself knowledgeable about the disease. So first of all, COVID-19, and it's called COVID-19 because it was discovered in December 2019, not because it's the 19th disease. Uh, And it's a new disease that humans had not been exposed to. So I like to describe it right now is it's an eight month old baby. So that's why things are steadily changing. You know, in January was one thing and in February and then May, it was something different. And that's if you look at a baby in the first year, it's going to change every month. And you don't know what that child is going to do. So it's an eight month old baby. We're still learning about it. We don't know a lot of information about it. So if you take that in your mind and think about the mindset of how you're gonna approach the disease. Are you gonna approach it with fear? Are you gonna approach it with skepticism? Are you gonna accept it and try to look at it as something where you could actually use the the negative to improve your life? Like today, I put that, um, you know, problems are not stop signs, but guidelines to guide us maybe to a secondary path in life. So that's how, as we take your mindset to it, it's like, okay, COVID's here. I have no control of it, but I'm going to take the destiny of my life to myself and on my own wellness. So as you take that mental wellness, you can work with your physical wellness, you know, and not get the COVID-19 pounds by saying that, yes, the gym is closed, but I can still go outside if I stay away from everyone else. So I can still walk around uh, my neighborhood and work things out. I can still go up and down my steps. I can make weights out of my cans or my milk cartons if, you know, if I don't have weights in my house. So you take that self. And then, of course, socializing. You can't 
um, like you said, you can't be around some family and friends if you if they're still in stage one, or phase one, or phase two is opening up. I mean, but there's other things where I had to get a weighted blanket, and I said, you know, it affected me. I was having insomnia. I would wake up in the middle of the night, and I had learned from um, some of my uh, naturopathic physicians that a weighted blanket helps you to feel hugged. So I got my stuffed animal at fifty something. <laughs> And I got my weighted blanket and it helped me to sleep. So looking at different alternatives and where your mindset is helps with the wellness of getting through uh, this pandemic. Wow. You know, the weighted blanket, I do work with children with special needs. And a weighted blanket is something that we use a lot with them uh, to help them sleep. So it doesn't matter if you're, you know, a small little guy or a big little guy. <laughs> you know what? And, and it doesn't matter. And with regards to having something as a, as a, a stuffed animal, uh, with children, we call that a transition toy. So if they're going into a new space, like a new school or a new area, they take something with them from home and it makes them feel secure when they're going into this new place. So again, uh, I, I'm realizing that a lot of things that I've been doing with children apply to adults. So there really is no shame in that. It doesn't necessarily have to be a stuffed animal. It could be a little rock or something else that just brings you some sort of security in, in, in uh, you know, from that perspective so right. you know no shame <laughs> i actually think i think it's very cute you go on <laughs> uh, all right let's talk about uh travel um health and wellness during a pandemic and you brought down some you you brought up some good points so let's talk about it from airline travel so how are we you know considering travel health and wellness during a pandemic when it comes to airline travel and that's the perfect place to start because people are already anxious about airplanes and flight and all that to begin with. <laughs> right, so. right. So in the beginning um, in the United States, when air went down in March or April, uh, the airlines were still working, but they just had a reduced schedule. It's starting to pick up in the summer because people are, as the states are starting to open up and go to phase two, people are feeling they can travel a little bit more. So one thing I tell people is just plan ahead. The whole planning makes a difference. One, you have to plan extra time to go through security at TSA because they're having different uh, requirements. They don't like touching your boarding pass, so you can do that yourself. I tell people to check their bags if they can instead of trying to carry on because there's less exposure and touching of different people, whether there's the bands and security and overhead. Uh, they also, I tell, there's, Three things everybody always need to take with them. They need sanitizer wipes, their mask, and, and hand sanitizer. Always have that on with you in your carry-on. Uh, of course, we're required to wear masks in the airport and on planes, boarding on the planes and getting off the planes. The current policy right now is that you must wear your mask at all time, if not eating or drinking. And even if you're on a plane and say, well, I can take this off, they prefer you to have it on, and if they the air, uh, flight attendants can cite you, and you can be banned from that airline from flying wow. for, for like a year. <laughs> so I get on, and I either try to board first or I board last. Now some of the I think it's Southwest and Delta is boarding from the back to the front. But if not, I either board first or board last, so I'm not in that line or in the aisle waiting for people to put up their bags. Then when I get on, I'm wiping down the seats. Uh, that's all the seats, but the, the seat rest, the buckle, the monitor, the tray table, and the window shade. Because I always sit next to the window so people aren't breathing on me when they're walking up and down the aisle. Wow. Very good. And just a rule of thumb. Uh we should probably be wiping down that stuff anyways, because <laughs> I did a pre COVID. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Cause this stuff is ain't really the cleanest anyways. <laughs> well, they are cleaning it more. They clean the planes more. They are like using the sanitizer fogger now, and they're actually wiping the surfaces. Now, a lot of surface before they would just pick up the trash. They're wiping the surface. And at night they're clean, totally cleaning the planes at night. They didn't used to do that. So they are doing it different. They also, as far as service, they'll hand you a bag of water and prep 
pretzels, they're not doing the open drink service anymore. Oh, interesting. So, like, no water, no nothing, or a, a bottle of water closed. Okay, 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 makes sense. And it's interesting. I mean, I guess it's one of those things that COVID helped to fix because you would imagine that they should have been wiping all that stuff down. Uh, anyways, I I brought this up a couple of times before, and uh, yeah, there was some studies that was done, and there's some pretty disgusting stuff that was found on the tray table and in that little. Uh, thing where the the flight instructions go in a seat in front of you, some pretty yeah. disgusting stuff. I can like, tell you stories. Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll definitely have you back. Uh, but I heard something about the HEPA filter. Is that true? Because there was some concerns about being on a plane uh, with air droplets and things like that. They were saying that the air is recycled. So there was concerns about air being recycled and air droplets being recycled. Okay, so, right. Yeah. <laughs> so with the, their their HEPA filters, if it's what the newer planes, and I can talk about the newer planes, and that's probably the planes within the last maybe eight years or so, their filters are excellent. Their filters are excellent. So what the recycled air is, there's always a 50% exchange with outside air. So every two to four minutes, the inside air is being exchanged with the outside air. So it brings outside air and pushing air out. So it's con- that's when they say recycled air, not recycled within the compartment, but recycled and exchanged with the outside air. And it actually, their HEPA filters have probably a 98% of removing microbes from the air. So... The air itself, I don't use the fan over knee, overhead just because I don't like things blowing on me. So you can always choose to turn it off. But the air except in the actual air compartment is safe. Interesting. That just 100% clears everything up and makes everything feel a lot better. I mean, that only applies to newer planes. So, I mean, as you and I both know, uh, we've traveled quite a bit. So we've been on several planes that are a lot older than the last 10 years. So... You know, it really depends on the airline, but new airlines for sure, they're going to have uh, that recycled air. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, that's definitely good to know. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, there was other stuff. What about food service? What's that like? Well, I've only been on flights that are three hours or less. Um, okay. So that's another thing to think about. So a lot, I know a lot of people like the nonstop and no layover. Well, I've chosen to uh, divide my flights up now. So three hours or less, they're not going to serve you food anyway. So that's either they hand you the bottle of water or some of them just hand you a bag with water and pretzels in it as you're getting on the plane so that the flight attendants don't have to go up and down the aisle. They don't take a cart out anymore. Uh, so if oh, they wow. do pass you something, they pass you with gloved hands. I have not, I'm be honest with you, I haven't been on a plane that's been uh, longer than four hours, and that's when they usually serve food. Uh, and I haven't heard then, uh, because that's mostly international flights, and guess what? They're not doing those no more, right? Well, they're <laughs> exactly. doing international flights, but a lot of countries aren't letting U.S. citizens in. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> We're one of them. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. No, good to know. And uh, and so, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to find out how they're doing that. But, yeah, no, the whole entire uh, airline experience has, has changed. That's that's great. Now, there's a couple other things I've been hearing about, and I don't know if all airlines are are the same. Uh, how What's the seating like? Oh, no. like? Are they taking into consideration spacing, social distancing, or are they packing the planes? Uh, okay, so this is one of my big pet peeves. <laughs> So in the beginning, so I had to fly in April and May and no one was flying and you could literally be six people on an entire plane by yourself, which was like, ah, wonderful. (laughs) But as travel ticked up, they at first said, we're going to leave the middle seat vacant, which you're still not six feet um, distancing, but it gives you kind of a mind that I'm not touching someone I don't know. Uh, So uh, a few of the airlines said, well, this isn't true distancing, so we might as well sell our tickets and make money. I'm just being honest with you. So they did start filling up. And uh, the only airlines currently at the end of July 
that have said they're going to keep the middle seat open and that's um they they'll keep the middle seat open till September the end of September is Southwest and Delta. They will unless it's a family member but then they won't put a third person in that third seat for you. So those are the two airlines that are still only doing about 60 to 70% capacity of the main cabin. Their first class, they said they only filling it up by 50% capacity. So all those uh, elite members and things that get the up upgrades, they're not getting the upgrades anymore <laughs> because they're not filling it up. So they're trying to leave room and they're thinking about the safety of their workers also because that makes a difference if it's overcrowded um unfortunately other airlines are not participating wow interesting okay and and what would you what do you think would happen if it was like a long flight i mean like an eight-hour flight like you mentioned going to paris like that's an eight-hour flight so what would happen in that situation? I mean, I don't even know if I'd be able to handle wearing a mask on my face for eight hours. Oh, well, that's <laughs> interesting. Well, being a healthcare professional and I work 10 to 12 hours, I do keep it on. Uh, my last flight, I had to, um, it was probably a total of 10 hours between the airport and me touching down and getting my car. Unfortunately, I could not fly my my favorite airline that does <laughs> participate. So I was on an airline that in the in the plane was packed. Both planes was packed. And I wore, I actually had a double mask. I had a N95 because they had been blowing air in the airport. And then I had another surgical mask on top of it. And, and I had a face shield. Now the face shield does not work unless you have a mask with it. A lot of people feel that they just wear the face shield, that's fine, but air can still come up under it. So uh, I wore the face shield to protect my eyes more than anything. Ah. And it was for 10 hours I did have it on. Uh, when I took it off maybe once to drink some water, but I was in the airport and no one was totally around me for probably a hundred feet. Uh, and I felt it was a little bit safer. <laughs> <laughs> wow oh my gosh okay so th in theory though how do you feel about the safety in general on a plane before we move on to lodging just stay home <laughs> all right then moving on uh <laughs> i was only on the plane because i had to go to work but yeah, just, no. just stay home. If you have to go to work, then take all the precautions that you need. It's not going to be 100%, but as far as one thing about the virus that it does not like soap and water and alcohol, and that's why they tell you hand sanitizer, 60% alcohol above. So if you're steadily washing your hands or using hand sanitizers, not touching things like your mouth and your eyes that can transmit it, um, just that's the best way to stay safe and wear a mask. Um, and that will help you out. That's good to know. Uh, because, I mean, a lot of people are, are itching to travel. And, I mean, I've been steadily promoting not to travel. I myself uh, will not be traveling probably until, I mean, at least internationally. Uh, till I'll go look at it more in that, that next <laughs> year and see how it goes, see where we're at then. Um, pretty much everyone has been traveling locally which I think is fine because you're driving around, you're in your own car. Uh, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people were comparing the uh, safety of a plane versus being in a bar, for example. Whereas you're in a bar, you're right next to people all the time, and that's dangerous, of course. Uh, but, you know, a plane, there, someone was saying that maybe that's better than being in a bar. So, but your answer is it don't matter. Stay off the plane. Stay out of the bar. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, I I, I I know these things, but sometimes I feel like I just I just got to talk about it. You know what I mean? Because these are things I'm hearing, and I just feel like I just want to talk about it to make sure that we're on the same page so everyone heard, okay? No traveling right now. 
This segment is brought to you by GPS My City. Do you love exploring cities on foot at your own pace? Well, GPS My City's mobile apps, available on iOS and Android, feature self-guided city walks and GPS-powered travel articles written by travel bloggers and travel content creators for over 1,000 cities worldwide. Visit the link in the show notes to learn more. If you have to travel for business or for work or whatever, Let's talk about lodging now, whether it's your Airbnb or your hotel, uh, you know, what are we doing around there with regards to health and wellness? Okay. So uh, I have previously uh, last month been in both hotel and Airbnb, and I felt very comfortable in both. So the hotels, uh, they got together with their, you know, hotel association and made some real good guidelines and rules. Their cleaning supplies, they have now upped it and include hospital grade top cleaning supplies. They prefer that you do the contactless check-in by getting the app. So you want to get the app on your phone. You check in that way. They have your credit card on file. You get the electronic key. You open your door that way. Most of them are set that way. Or if you check in ahead of time, when you go to the front desk, they can hand you with the key without passing the credit card along. Uh, They are cleaning uh, continuously the high-touch areas like the elevators, uh, stairwells, things that people touch a lot. And they tell, too, you can either use tissue or a pen or they have some devices where you can do... um, the like elevator buttons, try not to use your fingers because then you touch your face. They no longer have buffets. Uh, most, If you have a restaurant, either the restaurant is closed or it's d- outside dining or they have um, room service. And room service is what they call drop and go where you order it. They drop it outside your door, knock, knock on your door. You don't come. They don't come inside the room ever anymore. Housekeeping does not come inside the room uh, unless you've been there like five or six days. They don't do daily changes of sheets and tiles. If you need extra, you put yours out. They give you some more, but housekeeping is not coming in your room and clean. So keep it clean yourself. (laughs) Airbnb. (laughs) Airbnbs um, by Airbnb guideline, they said they have told their their host to have 24 hours in between guests. So you can't have the hour, you know, three, four hours turnaround anymore. They need 24 hours in between for thorough cleaning. They told you, um, I took my own, uh, I took my own sheets, tiles and cleaning supplies when I went, you know, because they say it's clean and this would had great ratings and it was, it was beautifully cleaned. I felt comfortable, um, I still just use my own towels because I like softer towels. Uh, <laughs> and I had my cleaning supplies and I just went over with the Clorox, uh, Clorox cleanup type thing where, you know, you can use any of the Clorox cleaner, Ajax, anything with ammonia bleach is great. Uh, and just went over the high touch areas, TV remote, things like that. Same with the hotel, TV remote, doorknobs, faucets, thing, light switches. And I felt comfortable. Okay. Yeah. Um, in one of the episodes, we uh, the guests talked about what that might look like. And uh, I think uh, people are always going to choose what they want to choose, uh, whether it's hotel or Airbnb. Uh, and uh, it's nice to see that both people, both companies, uh, uh, accommodation styles are doing something about it. Uh, I think uh, Airbnb is a little bit easier to you know, self-isolate because you're booking a place by yourself. A hotel, you still could run into other people, but I'm sure that a hotel, like most restaurants, are going to have the the spacing and all that stuff either way. So you still should be good there. They probably have the same elevator rules where like two people in the elevator at a time or whatever it is. Uh, That's how we have, that's how it is here in most uh, buildings that have uh, elevators. Uh, So yeah, an Airbnb, I mean, you just wipe stuff down yourself. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, so it's not too complicated. Uh, <laughs> what is there anything that you should be looking for specifically uh, when you're booking an Airbnb or a hotel, you think? 
Well, with the Airbnb, just talk to the host and find out when the last guest was there. That is the most important to make sure it's aired out. <laughs> I say that, you know, <laughs> and you can take any, unfortunately in the United States, Lysol microband is kind of a, a treasure, but you can take yours and do the spraying, but it still needs maybe two to three hour, hours to air out, clear out all the air droplets or extra. So that's why they're saying 24 hours. Um, Right. Um, between that. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's going to be your comfort level now in the United States. Um, what a lot of people when as the summer's coming on, instead of looking for um, hotel lodging as families are starting to traveling, they're getting back into the RVs and the camping mm-hmm. so that they can yeah. control their environment and it can right. still be a little hotel like. Or they, you know, kind of self-isolate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's why I was spending a little bit more time with the lodging, because uh, even though we might not be flying, uh, we're still traveling in our in my case, provincially. So Ontario and in your case, states. Uh, so you would travel within your state. Uh, that could be going to a park, it could be camping, it could be another little town or whatever. So you're still most likely might be booking in the Airbnb or hotel. So it is good uh, to know these kind of things, like talk with the host ahead of time, find out when the last guest was there and wiping everything down. So bring all your tools, bring your Clorox bleach, bring uh, bucket mop, the whole nine, uh, <laughs> bring it all and uh, just, you know, sterilize the place before you stay because I mean... You know, someone else was there before you, so you know it's good to look out for that. Let's talk lastly about traveling within the states. Now, I'm from Can- I'm Canadian, so uh, our airlines are are a little bit different, but they're probably the same. <laughs> so, uh, so talk talk to me a little bit about traveling uh, within the states, and then maybe traveling internationally just so the rest of my audience doesn't feel left out but but yeah traveling within the states okay um actually i'm gonna switch it up and and tell you the opposite right now because the internationally is gonna be shorter It's so true. So, first of all, like I said, there are a lot of countries. I think there's only about 14 countries right now in the on the globe that's allowing the U.S. citizens to enter in because of our COVID state of affairs. So, traveling internationally, first of all, I'm telling people, please check the country and their rules that they are allowing you in with your passport. Do you, And when you land, what do you need? A lot of countries are requiring that you have a COVID-19 negative test within 72 hours of landing in their country, which if there's a testing problem at where you live, whether it's Canada or United States, and you cannot get results within 72 hours after you take that test, then you may not be allowed to enter that country. They may take a test up on site and require you to quarantine for 14 days. So you're going for a seven-day trip and they're going to make you quarantine for 14 days? Is that really going to happen? Are you going to be able to be off of work or away from your home for the 14 days if they do? And a lot of international countries are doing mandatory quarantine. It's not like, okay, you stay in your hotel and we believe you. No, they don't believe you. They put an angle monitor on you. They put police there. They track your phone. They can track where your phone is going around the city or country that you are. They are, they're serious about that. And they will find you or put you back on another plane and say you can no longer come there to their country anymore. So international countries are very serious about when they say quarantine or stay where you are until we, you have a negative test. That's internationally. Uh, <laughs> wait, so quickly before you, before you move on from that, because uh, I heard some of these things as well. So some countries, I think like Iceland was one of them where they had like a, like a mandatory quarantine for like 14 days or something like that. They actually right. would have a quarantine hotel, yeah. So why would you even want to go there then? I mean, unless you're planning on being there for three months, right? Right. 
And exactly. if you are, then I don't know. I know I can't afford that. So especially in the Scandinavian countries. So, uh, but yeah, uh, interesting. Right. And the whole ankle bracelet thing, like, wow. Like, I didn't even know. I didn't know none of that. That's, holy smokes. Well, they ain't playing. No, no. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, you know what? Good to know. So it just goes back to your original point. Just Stay home. Stay home. <laughs> like right. Straight up. If it's just for vacation, stay home. Now, in, and even the countries that's allowing the U.S. citizens in, uh, say a lot of the Caribbean, because people feel like, I want to go to Caribbean. Some of the Caribbean c- countries are open. They still are requiring a COVID-19 test, a negative test within 72 hours. So like I said, if you can't get that test and have results within 72 hours of you landing, then you might as well stay home. But once again, it's called planning. Look and see what they require so that you aren't caught saying and then there's a disruption when you land and they don't let you go further than the airport yeah uh and that's very good to know that's very good advice because here in canada there's been situations where people can do a test and get it the next day (laughs) and some people were waiting four days for their test so um you bring up a very good point oh that's good because people are waiting um seven to ten days for the test in the united states right now oh my gosh but i mean it's probably because of the numbers right right so yeah so yeah no that's no that's definitely good to know so i mean if you're traveling for vacation like just forget about it there's just way too much risk and too much uh problems and uh uh something that a guest said in the previous episode uh she said that Uh, Because she's a responsible traveler. She's a travel writer. So she said she also doesn't want to go someplace that might not have uh, a robust uh, hospital uh, system, right? Ding, (laughs) ding, 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 ding. Yes. Perfect. We're on the same page. Uh, And then, you know, and on top of that, like, they can't handle you coming there. So now you're putting yourself at risk because you're going to now need to potentially need care in another country and that country might not even be able to handle an influx of COVID-19 people because uh, some countries, you know, their healthcare system, not to diss any countries, but just it's not on the same page as some other exactly. countries. Or so you don't want to be bringing your COVID self there. <laughs> if you're on an island and it's one hospital on an island and they only have six beds in the ICU. So that's the biggest thing with a lot of COVID patients. They run into very critical problems. You need to be in intensive care. If they only have six beds in the ICU, you're taking up one from their residence, but two, can they handle it? Can they be able to transfer you somewhere, which has become a problem with a lot of hospitals being overrun, particularly in the Caribbean. They're used to transferring to Puerto Rico and Miami. Well, guess what? They're overrun. They can't handle it right now. Second of all, too, think about this. We're used to getting travel insurance. Like you said, if you're if most, you know, travel writers, travel bloggers, competent travelers, we know to get travel insurance along with the medical travel insurance that helps us to evacuate back to our home country. Well, tra- travel insurance has excluded the pandemic as coverage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they did that right quick. Quick, <laughs> yes, because they. I think, uh, and we talked about that as well, um, very briefly. But there was a certain point where they were like, "Okay, if you're gonna go, then we're not covering you." So mm-hmm. there was there was a little place where, as it was going on, they were kind of like, "Well, we don't really know what's going on, so you're still covered." But then it became set in stone, like, "Okay, from this day here, right now, like if you travel, we're not covering you." So, yeah, that's another a very good point because you are now also going to have to suffer the out, um, out-of-pocket expenses. $30,000 to fire up a plane to transfer you back. Uh, wow. <laughs> Not the yeah, medical care, the plane, $30,000. Yeah, yeah that, that's just a plane. Never mind the medical care. So, um so, you know, just a little something to think about if if you, you know, want to talk about your rights and all that kinds of stuff. <laughs> usually money, money usually speaks the loudest. So <laughs> when it starts to hit your pocketbook, then people start to pay attention. All righty. <laughs> so 
Talk to me about travel within the States. Okay, so travel <laughs> just, within the just, States. That's probably going to take another five hours. <laughs> travel within the, is in the, within the United States is kind of free, um, which shouldn't be at this point because some states are recovering, some states are basically stable, and other states are what we call the hot zones. So, uh, of course, states, uh, they're traveling back and forth. Now, some states have, re- at the end of July have decided there are restrictions. So the hot zones, if we say Florida, Georgia, Arizona, blah, blah, blah. If you're going to Pennsylvania, they have said, if you decide to come here, there's a a 14 quarantine. You have to self-quarantine for 14 days before you start going out. So if you, once again, if you're going for vacation, that's not going to be helpful. If you go in there to visit family and move in there and plan to stay a month, that's fine. Unfortunately, most states say it's self-quarantine. It's not mandatory. It's not like countries tracking your phone or, um, you know, uh, the ankle bracelet. They have no idea. Indiana, I know, just put in and said if you caught, there will be, I think, um, $500 fine if they realize that you're not self-quarantined. But I don't know how they can prove that, basically. United States, most people, they are flying. Like I said, they're flying from state to state. And we talked about airline travel. Other people are on the road. Triple A said that there is basically an increase, particularly more increase than last year, of car travel uh, during the summer. So people are safe in getting their car. um, And I tell people, if you are going to travel, and I've I've driven from state to state in my car, what I do is I go old school. I get me a cooler, I get me some ice, I get my water, I get make my little peanut butter sandwiches <laughs> and put them in my cooler and have my snacks and everything. So I stop for gas and when I stop for gas, I'm using gloves on the handles and either I have soap and water in my car or I have hand sanitizer. Uh, and you know, uh, some of the rest areas, uh, I pick and choose and I look to see which ones uh, but if you don't need to stop, that's great, too, uh, if you know other alternatives. <laughs> I mean, they have the portable potties now and the portable johns. And uh, I'm a I'm an ER doctor. I'm used to going 10 hours without going to the bathroom. So most of my trips are less than that. Uh, and so people are using their cars more. And the families are, you know, in their cars playing games or they have their DVD sets and movies and uh, they're traveling that way more from the state to state. Wow. So it's interesting how every state is just like almost like their own independent country. <laughs> like the rules are just totally different. Different and it's confusing. Uh, some have mandated mask requirements, some don't. And that is a confusion. But my best thing is just if you have your mask, please wear your mask if you're around people you don't live with. So if you have your mask and you encounter someone else, that decreases you getting it by 30%. If the two people have their masks together, that decreases you getting it by 70 to 75%. If you're not around them at all, oh, I guess you're not going to get it. (laughs) (laughs) Funny how that works out. (laughs) Awesome. Wow, this this has been enlightening. Uh, Here in Toronto, what we've been doing... uh, is we've been focusing on contact tracing. So what happens is if they know that this person here uh, was a case, uh, then they public health will, will figure out who that person was in touch with. And then the city of Toronto will contact all of those people. And then based on the how close they are to that the case, uh, they have to, they're mandatory, have to stay in self-isolation for 14 days. Uh, they're required by law. So Toronto created a law, and you could be fined up to $5,000 wow. a day uh, if you don't. And the city of Toronto calls them every single day at random times, if you're a high risk, to make sure that you're actually at home, right? So it's just interesting how different places do things differently and then you can see what happens when, yeah. you know, the difference. Like, what happens if it's not done properly or, or it's just so interesting. That's great. Um, Randomly each day to kind of check them off surprise. Yeah, they, they say we have contact tracing, too, here in the United States. 
So uh, the is with each health department, and if they find if you COVID positive, then they try to find the people around you. The problem with that, um, and I think it's because of the different countries and how the United States view their freedom and their rights, that contract tracing is only helping so much because a lot of people don't like giving up their information. Okay, thank you for letting me know I was at that restaurant, but I'm not telling you who I'm with. And they feel like they're violating their rights, particularly, and I'll be honest with you, particularly in the African-American population. You know, they, they're they not going to let you know who they were with, what they were doing. It's it's all about the government controlling conspiracy theory that's kind of ingrained in the community. Um, I'm not saying everybody thinks that, but um, so that's what's making contact tracing a little bit diff- difficult in the United States. It's very interesting how uh, past problems just continue to plague things moving forward. So, I mean... Uh, and I know that in the States, uh, you know, the treatment of black people and our Aboriginal people by the authorities is a massive issue. It's an issue here as well. Uh, but, you know, look what happens when there's a lack of trust. Now, yes. look, no one, no one wants to be honest about anything. And it's just it's just every corner you turn, whether it's nursing homes or treatment of Aboriginals or treatment of other minorities, it's just... Mm-hmm. You know, look at what happened in the past that created this non-trust stuff. And now we can't get honest information now because of what happened in the past. So it's just, there's just so many lessons being learned here from this COVID-19 thing. I mean, it's it sucks that it's killing people, but there's a lot of things, you know, that I see as positive because of it uh, with regards to learning and things that need to be fixed and cracks that are exposed and uh, problems and issues and things that, you know, we can now work on because of what it did. Everything from nature to finance, everything <laughs> right. that, that that the world has been destroying <laughs> is now being come to light as something that we need to kind of work towards improving. So, I mean, that's me just trying to be positive. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on the show and shedding some of your uh, wisdom. It's fantastic. I learned a lot of stuff. I'm sure the listeners are going to learn a lot of uh, have learned a lot of stuff from hearing you speak. Uh, where can people find you if they want to uh, check out your blog or, you know, maybe even give you a call because they want some support? <laughs> <laughs> no problem. So once again, my name is Yvette McQueen, MD, and that's my website, Yvette, Y-V-E-T-T-E, McQueen, M-C-Q-U-E-E-N-M-D.com. Uh, I have blog posts there. You can contact me if you want a free strategy or consult uh, set up there. So that's YvetteMcQueenMD.com. I'm also on all social medias at YvetteMcQueenMD. Can I give your guest a free gift? Absolutely. They love free gifts. (laughs) So (laughs) I have, and I change it quarterly, but right now it is COVID-related. It's called Healthy Travel Tips. So if you go to Healthy traveltips.com and you can download a free PDF. Oh, beautiful. Uh, you know what I'm going to do in the podcast? Uh, in the in this in this episode show notes, I'll include that link so uh, people can go right to the website uh, for this episode and, and download that for sure. That's fantastic. That's super helpful. Uh, oh my gosh. And, you, and I just want to give you a shout out because I I love the doctor series that you've been doing. Uh, that's awesome. I really didn't know there was so much doctors of color. Traveling around that. the world. That's amazing. Uh, that's so inspiring. Uh, to, so good to see that. Uh, is there any books that you wanted to plug that you uh, wrote? Oh, yeah. So I did write a book, Travelpedia. It's a guide on how to travel efficiently, safely, and healthy. Of course, it's pre-COVID. And that's Travelpedia, T-R-A-V-E-L-P-E-D-I-A, travelpediabook.com. And or it's on Amazon by ebook, but travelpediabook.com. You can get the actual paper book and I autograph it and send you a gift with it when you buy it also. Awesome, fantastic. I'm gonna leave uh, all that, all the links for all that in the show notes. 
Thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for spending some time with me and us on the show. Uh, I can't wait to bring you back uh, in the ending of the season of season two so we can start dissecting some of the stories okay. that, that we're going to hear. <laughs> thank um, you. Looking forward to that. So thank you so much and please stay safe and take care of yourself. Ciao. All right. Case closed. That's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget that you can listen to this show over at www.travelhorrorstoriespodcast.com. And if you're listening on your mobile device, please take a second to give the episode a five-star rating and leave a comment. It really helps the show and its episodes get discovered by more people. Plus, your feedback will help me tweak and change the show to make it the best show on the internet. Yes. I'll catch you next week. Cheers. Cheers.